0: You're
1: listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. So we talked a lot about the first half of this year in our last show. So what are the numbers saying specifically about York Region?
2: So, you know, this is where we had said from for the last 10 months or so, we've been saying you have to wait until June for us to get an apples to apples comparison. And until then, it was apples to oranges. So and, and June didn't disappoint. So June was a rebound month, if you want to call it that. And uh, specifically for Toronto, we were only down 69 homes uh, for for what sold in 2017 in June and 2018. So That's 2%, which is pretty much we're on par with June of 2017. The other thing, if you look at York Region, and this is where it gets really exciting, York Region had 133 more sales in June of 2018 than we did in 2017. Now, we've also been saying you can't compare it to a year ago. You have to continue to monitor it month by month. So in May, we had 1,189 sales in in june that went um that went up to 1264 so that momentum's continued and it has since january we've been seeing an increase in units sold and an increase in average price so june did not disappoint and it's continued that that forward momentum and also with consumer confidence coming back it, we've seen more confident buyers and sellers out there over the last few weeks than we have for almost 10 or 11 months. So that's great to see the energy that's out there and the momentum that the market is gaining.
1: So you're seeing more confident buyers and sellers. What are you seeing in terms of that list price?
2: The list price, as long as you are at market value, your place is going to sell. You still have a few people and we see it every day on the MLS when we go on. Some agents are still pricing to last April and May's prices and those are out of whack because what happened last year during those first four or five months is not indicative of market conditions. It was a supply and demand issue, but as long as you're priced at market value, you're going to start to get activity on your listing and it's going to sell.
1: So those agents that are listing those homes um, at 2017 prices, um, are those homes sitting on the market a lot longer? They are. They're also being terminated because the, you know, I I mean,
2: agents are doing it to themselves. They're setting a a wrong uh, example for their buyers and sellers by saying this is what the price should be. So they're relying on that information. They're getting disappointed and they're taking their house off the market. Whereas if you were to look at market price and and the value in your immediate area, you're going to know exactly what the price you should go on the market is.
1: So... As an expert, how do you determine that market value? Do you look at what else is sold on that street, comparable homes, what what are you looking at? You're basically looking at a snapshot
2: over the last 60 or 90 days. Anything over that is not uh, indicative of the market, so you need to know exactly what features that home has who your competition is, what you sold. The other thing that you have to remember is the banks are only looking at the last 30 to 60 days when the appraisals come in. And if you're pricing it a year ago, the bank's going to look at that and say, that's not comparative, we're only going to take this figure, and the deal is going to get killed anyway. Even if you ended up getting $50,000 or $100,000 more, and the bank doesn't appraise it for that, the deal's going to die. So, you know, there's there's a lot of eyes on market value right now, and that's going to determine if the deal actually closes.
1: So last year we saw that multiple offer happening and that competition that was really stiff. Um, What are you seeing then right now?
2: You know, there's been a, a huge number of listings that have gone and put offer dates on it. Because if you look at supply, it's coming down. So you don't have as much supply as you did three months ago or four months ago. So that shows that houses are selling. Once houses start selling, you're going to start to see people hold off on offers. And, you know, I'm showing houses today and, and we have four houses that are holding back offers. What you're not seeing is the eight, fifteen, twenty 20 offers that we had last year in the hot market when there was no supply, right now we have a very healthy amount of supply. But when you start to see people holding back offers, you're going to get multiple offers. You're going to get two, three, four offers, but you're not going to get the $100,000 over asking or the $50,000 over asking. Multiple offers are generating at asking price or maybe 10000 or 15000 above asking because the buyers are pretty savvy and they're scared that the bank will not appraise the home for what they're paying, and then they have to put cash up. Sellers are scared that if they do end up taking the highest bid, maybe those people aren't prepared with their financing. So you're gonna, if you're going out and buying a house, you're going to have to be prepared to answer a lot of questions about your financing so that the seller feels comfortable that you're going to be able to close on this purchase.
1: That seems to be a more comfortable way to negotiate, not like last year where there seemed to be this sense of panic. And that's not what you're sensing right now, right?
2: No. And, and you know, the last year has taught people to educate themselves on the market or consult a professional and get the proper information and go in educated. You know, we have a lot of information available on the Internet, but it takes a lot more information to come to that educated decision, the informed decision. And that bridge is where your professional comes in because that's what we want to do. We want to bridge that gap between the information that you have available on the web versus your informed decision because that's where you're going to either make money or lose money on your purchase.
1: Now, looking specifically again at the numbers for York Region, are you seeing areas where there was a lot of activity and maybe other areas where it was a bit slower?
2: The interesting part about uh, you know the June numbers, every area in York Region was up. Vaughan was uh, the same as last June but every area in York Region was up, which is, is such a positive sign for York Region. Uh, the other thing is the confidence that, see, so York Region had applied for an extra land transfer tax, similar to what Toronto has, and the new Ontario government had shot that down. So, York Region uh, is not going to have that extra tax right now, the extra land transfer tax, and that is, that's been a huge draw to the region from people moving from Toronto or other areas they don't want to pay that tax, so they'd rather be in new York region and, and save that money. So knowing that that's not going to come into play, that's uh, eased a lot of people's minds, and they're still moving into the region, so it's a great sign.
1: So at this stage, I always ask you to take out the crystal ball and look ahead to what does July and August look like?
2: Summer is the new spring. So oh. so we had such a quiet spring, and if you notice the activity, it's been amping up every month since January. The next three months are going to be very hectic in in real estate. So if you haven't listed your house, you haven't missed the boat, but you need to get on in July. Don't think that you can wait until August or September because then you will miss the boat, but you got to get on in July. And buyers, there's so much inventory out there right now. You have your choice of homes. So maybe you'll get into a bidding war on a really hot home, but you're not going to have to pay that $100,000 over asking or anything. Just make sure that you're ready to go when that offer date comes around.
1: And that is unusual, right? Because I know that you've mentioned before that, um, you know, folks want to be already in their homes and getting set up and ready for the fall and September and getting kids back to school. Normally there is a bit of a lull in the summertime. You're not expecting that now. We're not. It's just getting going right now. And the confidence is at,
2: I I don't want to say all-time high, but it's an all-time high for the year. Mm -hmm. And, you're still going to have a mad rush for people to get into their homes by August. So you're going to have short closings. So instead of 60 or 90 days, people are going to be asking for 30-day closings. Uh, you know, you'll still go into a fall market. Our fall market will be busier than it has been before because of the pent-up demand. And uh, it's going to be a good three to four months for Toronto Real Estate.
1: Okay, and we've got a busy show ahead as well. When we come back, one of our regular guests from the Mortgage Centre will join the show. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're
1: listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties, and we're happy to welcome back one. Of our regulars, Lucy Galliardi is here from the Mortgage Center, and she joins us to talk about the first six months of 2018. Hey, Lucy, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you so much. How are you guys?
2: Great. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, just wanted to we've been we've been talking about what happened in the first six months and and how that momentum is starting to take off, and and it looks like it's going to be a pretty hot summer. No pun intended, but with the housing market. What's your take on the first six months from a a financing standpoint?
3: So I have to completely agree with you that um, the summer's, you know, it's picked up and it's definitely going to be a super hot summer. Uh, The first, I'm going to say about five months were um, a little iffy. They were quite slow. There was a, a lot of fear out there with the consumers. And I really think that a lot of people were sitting on the fence about, um, you know whether or not it was a good time to buy or the prices going to drop uh you know what was happening with all the new mortgage rules uh, in terms of applications i don't think there were fewer applications i think what's happened is Uh, With the stress test and and all of the new rules that came about, I I really think that people uh, have, I, I mean, at this point in time, they have quite an understanding of what they can do and what they can't do. And I think that it took a couple of months. It took a good four or five months for people to understand that, okay, the new rules are in place. This is what we can do. This is what we can't do. The prices are not going down. They're actually going up. So we need to find a way to get into the market. Um, And I've seen quite a significant increase in, uh, we'll say, alternative um, markets and alternative areas. And people are really thinking outside the box at this point. They do understand that with the new stress test and all the new rules, uh, things have changed. But, um, you know, again, people are looking at more alternative lenders They're looking at co-signers as well. I've seen quite a number of situations where with first-time homebuyers and younger applicants, their parents are coming to the rescue, not necessarily uh, with a down payment, but definitely with co-signing and that sort of thing. Things have definitely picked up. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty outstanding summer. Um, But, you know, people are no longer really on the fence with buying, and they're, they're pulling the trigger at this point.
2: And this isn't new. I mean, we had predicted this from January to say it's going to be about six months of people trying to figure out what the new rules mean, trying to figure out how to get, you know, as you mentioned, alternative financing. Can you expand a little bit on alternative financing and, and what means are you seeing people
3: use? So I am seeing people use more credit unions, um, also more brokers and and be uh, lenders. Um, uh, so when I say alternative lenders, it's, it's not necessarily your big five banks, um, or monoline lenders. So people are understanding that at this point in time, perhaps they're not going to be a quote unquote, they're not going to have a bank mortgage. And they really are thinking it's probably worthwhile for me to get into the market at this point in time at a higher interest rate and perhaps some lender and, uh, broker fees. Uh, versus not getting into the market at all,
1: and it, how do you ease that um, that sense of anxiety or apprehension from you know from from listeners about you know what I'm not as comfortable with an alternative lender uh, as I am with the traditional bank. What do you say to those folks? Well
3: I, honestly if, you're, if, if I'm placing a client with an alternative lender, it's because we don't have the option to go with an a lender. Right, so at that point in time, it's really the question that I ask is how important is it for you to buy right now you know and and most of the time it's it's rather important. We're still seeing enough of an increase in uh equity in the in the um, um you know it, property values, so it it's still worthwhile for somebody to pay you know, 2% in lender and broker fees, you know, if, if, if an average mortgage is $300,000, it's still worth it for them to spend that $6,000 a year uh, versus waiting until next year when they'll have a little bit more of a down payment or, you know, perhaps earn a little bit more money. Um, It's really, at the end of the day, it's more about um, finding a solution uh, that's going to get the client into home ownership and, and, they're not how can I put this it It's not an easy thing for a client to absorb those kind of costs and and that sort of thing, but alternatively they're going to rent, which in the long run is going to end up costing them a lot more money than you know five or six or maybe seven thousand dollars a year in uh lender and broker fees
2: so I guess what's happened over the first six months is the government put in these rules to try and protect the big banks, but in essence, they've actually opened the door for more of these alternative sources. For people to run to because it it makes more sense for them to get into home ownership through these other sources and and the cost isn't that much more, is it?
3: It really isn't that much more. And uh, what I do as well is, you know, I'll let the client know this is what it would cost you in terms of interest and fees with an A lender. This is what it'll cost you with interest and fees in with a B lender. It's generally. Um, Quite acceptable to a client in most situations, and if it isn't, then you know like i said i'll I'll provide them the alternative. You can spend twenty five thousand or thirty thousand dollars this year in rent, and it, if you're more comfortable with that, then by all means you're more comfortable with that. Most people aren't most people aren't more comfortable with uh, with with spending that amount of money in rent, and sure. I, you know as the prices of the houses have increased, the demand for rentals has increased that much as well.
2: So So it's half dozen
3: and one, six of the other, really.
2: And not only are they decreasing their buying power, they're actually spending some of the money that they would have for a down payment on rent. So they are paying a mortgage, but it's someone else's mortgage, right?
3: Exactly, exactly.
1: So Lucy, is your first step then um, to always try the A lender first and then go to the B lenders for your clients?
3: Definitely, definitely. A B lender or a private lender are always... Uh, alternatives, if there's something that we can do to place them with an A lender, then we definitely try. Now, um, I, I mean, the the key to a good mortgage agent or mortgage broker is understanding the difference between what they can do on the A e side and what they can do on the B side. Um, there are, you know, there are so many nuances with different lenders either on the A or the B side, it's really, really important just to have a good for for a mortgage agent or a broker to have a good understanding of where they can place their client. And but definitely um, from from your to answer your question, yeah, we'll always definitely try with an A lender first. And,
2: and also, a lot of these A lenders over the years have started B sides as well to their lending. And and how does that play in? I mean, if you go to one of the big banks, you often hear that okay, you don't qualify on the A-side, but we do have a B-side. And the mortgage interest rate isn't that much more. It might be 1% more or 0.75% more. So, I mean, really, in essence, it's maybe $50 or $60 more?
3: Uh, It depends on the amount of the mortgage. But, yeah, it's generally not much more. We're generally looking at 1%, um, sometimes 1.5%. Again, it depends on the reason that we're going to a B-lender, um, the the benefit to working definitely with a B lender is that uh, the ratios or your debt service ratios are not the same. So with a bank lender, you're looking at ratios that, you know, uh, again a more conservative bank will have different uh, ratios, but 39% in your gross debt service ratio. So what I mean by that is your Uh, home expenses. So your mortgage, your taxes, your condo fees, and your heating cannot exceed 39%. With a B lender, we can take that right up to 48%. In some situations, 50%. So it allows a lot more opportunity for the client to buy more home.
1: We're
2: bang for your buck.
3: That's right.
1: And Lucy, one last question before we go here. Um, You talked early on about, you know, Early in the year, uh, buyers may have been sitting on the fence a bit. Now, this time of year, are they sitting on the dock and maybe not doing as much? And you're not noticing a lot of activity, or or what are you noticing?
3: Well, we're noticing some people sitting on the dock, but they're they've got their laptop open and the MLS listings open, and they're definitely um, you know they're definitely looking. Um, I've seen quite a bit more activity in the last month or so. And I don't don't think that as many are sitting on the dock as, you know, perhaps last year or the year before. Um, People are definitely uh, looking. People are definitely buying. And there's most definitely a heck of a lot more activity than there was uh, over the first, let's say, five months of the year.
2: Well, there's definitely more confidence in, in the housing market and, and the economy in general over the last month. So I think we're going to have True. a very busy summer, and that's going to lead right into the fall. We're seeing a lot of people jump off the fence and, and into home ownership. You're seeing a lot mm-hmm. more product move right now. So uh, exciting times for the housing market this summer.
3: It certainly is a very exciting time.
1: Well, thank you for joining us, Lucy, and we'll catch up with again with you next month.
3: Thanks very much for having me again. It's always a pleasure, and have yourself a great day.
1: Thank you. Thank you, you too. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions, and just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. Asif, you all set? I'm ready. Okay, the first one is from Susie in Woodbridge. She says that her neighborhood includes many backyard pools and she wants to know if a pool is a good selling feature.
2: Susie, I mean the the thing with pools is it depends on the time of year that you're trying to sell it. <laughs> now with the weather that we've had recently, that would be a huge selling feature because everyone's you know they're they're out there and they're they're seeing this pool. If you're selling a house with a pool, you have to have it open, you have to have it running, and and that just adds to the value of the home during you know climates like we had over the last week or so when it's 40 degrees outside everyone wants to jump in a pool now if you're trying to sell a house with a pool in the winter time it's not so much of a selling feature the other thing is a pool is very subjective people with small kids may not want uh, to have a pool there and you know you may have people that just want the backyard space for their dog and things like that so it's very subjective but if you do have a pool The ideal time to sell it is when the weather's been like it was over the last week or so.
1: Now, if you've found your ideal home and it does have a pool, what kind of added added expense are you going to expect?
2: to open and close a pool, it might be a couple of hundred dollars to open it and a couple hundred dollars to close it. You've got, you know, your maintenance, like the chemicals and such. So it's not a huge added expense, but where you're going to start to see that expense is if it has a liner and you have to redo the liner. And, you know, you have to, when you're doing a home inspection, that's something that the inspector should look at as well. And that's why it's important if you're buying a house with a pool, it should be open. Don't try to buy one in the winter because you don't know what's happened in the winter. You don't know if it's been drained properly. And sometimes what happens is a pipes freeze, and you're you're getting into a whole bunch of problems that way. So it's best to buy a house with a pool in the summertime, and it's best to sell a house with a pool in the summertime.
1: And I guess you want that area around the pool to look good as well. If you're selling a home with the pool, you need that patio to look fantastic and all that area around the pool to look really great as well, right?
2: It does. You don't want to have cracks in the the concrete that's around it, and you want it to look attractive and, and also... That also tells you if it's been maintained properly as well. So uh, it's a huge sign that you know, if a pool is maintained properly, the area around it is going to be maintained properly,
1: okay. That's why you need an expert. ok. Our next question comes from Daniel in Richmond Hill. He and his fiance just purchased their first home in their ideal community, but it's an older home and it needs a lot of work. He's wondering whether it's worth just tearing it down and starting over. What do you think?
2: If the foundation is in good shape, you want to be able to build on it, so rather than tear it down. But it depends on the changes that you want to make. If you're taking down structural walls and things like that, it may be better to start from scratch because you don't know what you're going to get into once you start taking those walls down. So the best thing to do is is get an architect, get an engineer in there, and, and get the right perspective on... What's going to happen when you take certain walls down or or try to put certain walls up? You want to have a professional opinion on that. And cost-wise, I mean, to, to build on a foundation is going to be a lot cheaper than having to tear it all down and start over.
1: And what are you noticing from your buyers, Asif? Because I think in those exclusive communities in Toronto, we've seen this a great deal where people want to stay in that neighborhood and they will, you know, they'll tear it down and start again. Are you starting to notice that here in the region as well?
2: We are. I mean, Markham Village, that's been happening in Markham Village for the last 10 years or so. It's a lot of people. So I grew up in Markham. So I'm seeing a lot of my friends that have families now. They're moving back into the region. They want to live in the, the area that they lived in. But the houses are dated, so they're, they need to redo them. Some of them are buying up bungalows and putting on an extra story. Some of them are tearing down and rebuilding. But they're returning to their roots where they grew up. That's where they want their children to grow up. So you are seeing that a lot throughout the region
1: Okay. So time now for our hot listing of the week. Joining us in studio is Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Hi, Tina. This week's hot property is an exquisite home located in the upscale legacy area of Markham. It's got four bedrooms, four bathrooms, and it's an entertainer's delight. It's got a backyard with beautiful landscaping, a luxurious pool, and an adorable cabana with a Half piece bathroom. Nice cabana. Yes. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And, sorry, where is Legacy? So, Legacy is in Markham. It's about 9th Line and 14th Avenue. Okay. And the list price for this house? This one is $1,225,000. And, Asif, what's your perspective? You think it's going to stay on the market very long?
2: Legacy is a very high demand area. I mean, here, your steps from this house to the golf course. So you've got Markham Green right around the corner. You've got all the amenities in Boxgrove, just like two minutes away. And, you know, Legacy was always one of the most prestigious communities in Markham and continues to be.
1: Okay, so Heather, if our listeners want more information about this listing, where do they go? They can contact Susan Taylor at 905-554-5522. Terrific. Thank you, Heather. Thanks. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059 region.com Thanks for listening.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.